0: Yes. Thank you. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of Georgia Gwinnett College. Welcome back to another exciting podcast show. This is the Grizzly Talk Podcast with your host, Kennedy Patterson, (laughs) y'all. Ladies and gentlemen, we are officially back for the uh, podcast live in the studio, of course. Now, before we get on to the fun epic podcast today this podcast was brought to you by the yamay smartwatch of course our official sponsors all you have to do is go to the klpe store online atlanta retailer of course scroll down to our recommended buyers catalog so that way you can get your smartwatch today uh the crew in the studio of swanky studios they're rocking their smartwatch my producers are over there they're rocking their smartwatch uh for this uh sponsorship so thank you Yame, for sponsoring the grizzly talk podcast now We got some funness to talk about, you guys, of course. We've got some news. We've got some excitements. Yesterday was International Podcast Day. It was a grand day for us all yesterday. Of course, September 30th was International Podcast Day. And, of course, the Grizzly Talk Podcast had to do something very spectacular. Of course, you guys get to relive the epic podcast. Of course, all you have to do is go to our Instagram at grizzly underscore talk. And that way you guys can see... The videos of the green scene, the green room, behind the scenes footage, Grizzly Fest Spectacular. We can see, you guys can see all of that on our Instagram, and you can hear our podcast everywhere, whether it's YouTube, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartRadio. We're everywhere. So, uh, thank you guys for making it a wonderful year of Grizzly Talk Podcast, and we have a many, many more podcasts to come. Now, we've got some fun things to talk about here today, of course. Art Latino was today, October 1st. It was 12 to 3.30 uh, p.m. at the Student Center Plaza. It was in the A building and in the Res Life. Of course, they had some artwork, Arte Latino from Olas. It, it was a grand, grand event they had because there was so much art going on uh, on campus. And the RSO of Olas is really pulling up all the stops for that. You guys can follow their Instagram at uh, olas underscore ggc. Of course, it's olas underscore ggc. So that way you guys can see more content for them. Of course, Grizzly serves this. uh, Does an Instagram kind of poll there. It's happy Thursday, everyone. Enjoy the sunny day and stay protected. Of course, happy new month, Grizzlies. Yes, it is the start of October. Now, October is something very special. It's very spectacular because... You know, you got the homecoming coming up. You have Halloween coming up. You have so many other grand, grand events coming up in October. Fresh new start. And, of course, we're getting closer to the end of the semester, of course, now. So, hopefully, you guys are doing really good in your classes. All I got to say on that one is, hopefully, you guys are doing fantastic in your classes. Of course, donation drive will be, well, it started from September 21st. And it ends tomorrow, October 7th. Of course, items needed. Toilet paper, hand sanitizer, toothbrush, toothpaste, shampoo, deodorant, body wash and soap, washcloths, and, and other products out there that you guys can get now. If you guys are very interested in donating, of course, the donation drive will end tomorrow. Uh, don't forget, it ends tomorrow. So it's going to be the last day. Uh, so that way you can donate. Due to everything going on right now, it's very fantastic for students to go out there and... And really donate for sure. I'm excited to say the least. Uh, to donate and to g- really give out to the community. So you guys can do the same thing for GGC. And of course another news announcement is coming from GGC Advising. Do it now. They have it on their Instagram. Fast Applications is open. Complete your 2021 and 2022 application for financial aid. Of course you guys can contact the financial aid at GGC GGCFinancialAid.com. I'm sorry, yeah, GGC financial aid at ggc.edu so that way you can ask any type of questions you might have for your FAFSA uh, for the next year of 2021 and 2022. You know, we, I, you know, it, it feels good to, to say that, navigate that out, but yes, I am officially done with financial aid. Yeah, so uh, the reason why I say that, ladies and gentlemen, because I, of course I'm a senior, so I, I don't need fast play anymore after this year. Um, it's been a long time coming, y'all. And financial aid is one of those very things that's kind of tedious. You need it, but it's tedious because there's a lot of things that's going around for financial aid. So it's it's you know it's is to say the least. It's exciting. Of course, financial aid did uh, did go live on their IG. Uh, their Instagram, they went live to answer any questions, so uh, hopefully you guys didn't miss the live section for that for sure, and speaking of session, of course and I have to say, speaking of session, SGA presents Mass Giving, of course Mass Giving <laughs> I'm sorry, it's just because this is new um, this is, they again, this is, going back to what I said, when you have lemons, you make lemonade, and they they, I mean, SGA, many RSOs, they think of really smart um, events to do on campus. Now they have Mass Giving. Of course, it's going to be Monday, October 5th through October 9th, 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. in the Student Plaza, of course. Uh, I'm excited to see what they got going on for that. Uh, Of course, uh, volleyball, GGC Volleyball, Intramural uh, Sports, they shouted that out. So, It's interesting to see what they're going to do for mask giving. And that name is just, it's appropriate for this year, y'all. It really is super, super appropriate for this year. Of course, uh, Ezekiel, shout out to Ezekiel. You You guys can follow Ezekiel on his Instagram. It's Ezekiel underscore Toby. Of course, Ezekiel is a GGC student practicing his sound language as part of the American Sound Language Club. Stephanie, shout out to you. I'm glad that you're still uh, kicking the RSO really well, and it's good to see that you guys are out there. Free Grizzly mask! Of course, Grizzlies, we have masks. Free Grizzly masks. Stop by the Student Center Plaza to get your free GGC logo design mask from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. October 5th through the 9th. So that must be the mask giving that I mentioned earlier Uh, monday through friday so that way they're giving official ggc mask very 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 smart to do big shout out to of course the faces of gender and sexuality uh they had their event uh at 2 p.m today uh, via microsoft teams that is they had trivia night we will they they played a game of kahoot based on activism and lgbtq A.I. and History. So if you guys missed that event, hopefully they're going to do an event like this uh, later on within the semester. But congratulations to the faces of gender and sexuality for giving this grand event for Microsoft Teams. Now speaking of Microsoft Teams, you guys probably already know about this because we talked about it last week. But we're going to talk about it here on the podcast show of Grizzly Talk Podcast. Don't miss next, next week as yours truly, the host of Grizzly Talk Podcast will be a guest speaker partnered up with SBA, the Student uh, Business Association, as they talk about internships. Of course, I did my internship, and I will be happy to come back and do a live um, a live interview on that event via Microsoft Teams. Uh, I want to say that will be, and as my producer's looking at the schedule, uh, I believe that's going to be the 13th, if I'm not mistaken, the 12th or 13th, one of those two days. I'll be sure to reiterate again but they've got that going out and they reached out to us and they said hey kennedy would you mind being a keynote speaker on this podcast or this panel and i i responded to ben hines he was so happy about my response um there's so much light that i'm going to share for you guys um uh, so many so many opportunities that are open up for us here in the studio so I uh, you know why not right why not And the last thing I want to talk about here on the podcast show, this is something that they've been building for the longest, ladies and gentlemen. And yes, I'm talking about the student center area of building D, I want to say. Of course, I had a brand new look for sure. Um, I want to say that this is building I want to say this is building D, if I'm not mistaken, because they did they were working on something. I saw the construction. Of course, they have the Joseph Family Presentation Room, uh as that's named after our our, our third president of GGC currently. Very modern look, the brand new redesign that they did. You guys can Go out there for sure. GGC has been really doing a lot of renovations. And I'm very proud of that because, you know, GGC, you see the school like you never did before. Now, back when I started here in 2015, we didn't have the W building. We didn't have the basketball court and the volleyball court that they just built. We didn't have the the Joseph family presentation room. So to see that this school is really growing to great heights... It's just going to be very, very fresh when we come back to campus. And I say we, I meant you guys. Because, you know, by the time we get back to campus, I will be graduated. Um, Happily and sadly, it kind of goes hand in hand with with both. But, when the school is 100% back efficient for students to come back on campus, it's going to be a moment where it's going to look very, very fresh. And GGC is really practicing on changing the game and that's not and no pun intended because that's their slogan but they're really changing the game because you have all of these constructions and these new buildings and redesigned buildings to start for 2021 2022 and i'm very happy that ggc is making these changes now because students are going to be very fresh and happy to come back on campus number one number two to really relive the opportunity to live and be on the campus environment And you have new buildings. Of course, you have your current buildings that are still standing. But the sky's the limit of what GGC is going to build next for the campus. And I'm quite excited for it. I'm quite excited to see the future of GGC as they build more rooms, as they redesign more things. Uh, I wonder what else are they going to redesign? Are they going to redesign buildings in Building B? Or are they going to really redesign the Student Center? You know, it really keeps me going. It has me thinking... What are they going to do? What changes are they going to be making for the moments of the GGC uh, changing the game? And that I am truly excited about for sure. So now we're going to play some music here on the Grizzly Talk podcast. We'll come back for our closing and our RSO of the week. Yes, we started that back, y'all. Enjoy the music. We'll be right back. So we're back. I had to cut the music short because we're running out of time here on the Grizzly Top Podcast. But our RSO goes out to GGC Admissions. They really help spread the Grizzly pride and to really get students ready for the podcast and get them ready for uh, for new students to come in and really help them venture out throughout their journey. So shout out to GGC Admissions. You guys are the best. So that's going to do it for the Grizzly Top Podcast. Please be sure to listen to all audio platforms. And we'll hear you guys later on this week for the Grizzly Talk podcast. Until then, stay safe and go Grizzlies.
1: ladies and gentlemen, to the Grizzly Growl Show. We've got a great show on tap for you today. We'll hear from the man behind the lens, the one and only Mr. Tom Grayson is Ooh. in the house here tonight. Looking forward to that, absolutely. We'll also give GDC Baseball a crack at the name game. Jeez. Uh-oh. Could be a little bit of trouble for the guys out there on the diamond, but you'll have to tune in later this episode to find out. But first, we're going to shed some positive light on a recent accomplishment for the Grizzlies. Earlier this month, GGC Athletics received the highest recognition given by the NAIA to an athletic department. The NAIA rates the entire athletic departments across the country in a variety of categories, including sportsmanship in the field of competition, including quality of training, promotion of events, academics, and awards won. And with those accomplishments as a whole, the athletic department won the NAIA Gold Star Rating. Very impressive stuff. Congratulations to all of our student athletes who buy into the department's mission statements as well as their individual programs, core values, as well as represent us on the field of competition, in the classrooms, and in the community. So thank you all for that huge tip of the cap to all of our Grizzlies. In addition, we also had 15 individual Grizzlies be awarded the NAI Daktronics Scholar Athlete Award with earning a 3.5 GPA or higher. Wow! Yeah, very impressive. So uh, congratulations to these 15 Grizzlies who won the Dactronic Scholar Athlete Award for their academic success in 2019 and the 2020 seasons. Yes, in the middle of a pandemic, these Grizzlies got it done in the classroom. Also congratulations is in order for three women's programs, our women's soccer program, our women's tennis team, and our softball team who had a team GPA of 3.0 or higher. That's right, Rachel representing for the women there. And so even off the field, the glory goes to the Grizzlies. Don't go anywhere, we're gonna have Tom Grayson coming up next on the Grizzly Digital Network. This is the view from the Grizzly soccer complex, home to both the men's and women's soccer programs at George Gwinnett College. The -the state-of-the-art playing turf provides an outstanding surface for elite level competition. The on-campus facility features laser-graded technology, an advanced drainage system, and team dugout-style seating. The Grizzly Soccer Complex hosts not only two top-notch soccer programs, but conference and national tournaments as well. For more information on our first-class facility, visit our facility page at ggcathletics.com. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to Studio 5, and we have a very special guest joining us today, the one and only Instagram and Twitter man himself, the man behind the lens, and Tom Grayson. Tom, how are you doing today?
2: Fantastic. Thanks for having me over.
1: Man, we, we are so glad you're here. Uh, this is one of the things we want to do with this show. It's not just about our student athletes and our coaches and our staff. It's it's everyone that's a grizzly, from our supporters to our staff members to faculty. We want to incorporate a lot of people on the Grizzly Grouse Show, and yeah. so uh, you're a prime example of that. And uh, thank you so much for being here. Um, amongst the, the pandemic and all the craziness, how's the family, everybody staying healthy? Everyone's
2: doing great. It's been a, a big change like everybody else has. So it's it's good to get out here be socially distanced from you without my mask on, I can breathe. So looking forward to it.
1: When did you first pick up a camera? Now, for those that don't know, freelance photography means sure. you kind of have a side hobby, a side right. hustle or a side gig. You've got a, a full-time job that right. requires a lot of your attention and energy. So when did you first pick up a camera and when did you to get uh, to liking photography?
2: So Sharon, I've got two girls. And so our oldest um, didn't like the Olin Mills, didn't like going out and getting her picture taken. So my wife, who was at the time working with some doctors in ER, 16 hours a day in her feet, we're talking about it and she says, I'm gonna buy him a camera. So the next thing I know, a camera shows up and she says, you're now Olin Mills. And so I started there which is a, a, a Canon AE2 uh, doing film stuff. And from there, just let it go. So no formal training, just started taking pictures of family and, and uh, kept going. What's That's...
1: some of the more of your favorite photos that you've taken?
2: Um, I have been blessed. So I graduated Florida State with a management degree, a corporate day job, but the freelance piece has led me to take pictures um, of anything. I mean, I've done from cemeteries to Nike shoes that uh, athletes have done, uh, as well as many celebrities. So I worked with Usher for four years on his nonprofit side. Um, I've And through that, I took pictures of Justin Bieber when he first came out. Uh, Bill Clinton, Sierra, was there. I've done concert series at Chastain with Huey Lewis in the News, and um, um, Donna Summer is a piece of it. I've done the Bulls, the PBR Bulls. Um, But probably the the shot of all shots I've got is Muhammad Ali. So I had the pleasure of meeting Muhammad Ali before he passed, and uh, did some work with him, and actually have pictures that are being published Probably in the next couple of weeks, actually October 9th, we're in worldwide distribution in a book written by his brother, Rahman Ali, called My Brother, um, uh, My Brother Muhammad Ali by Rahman Ali. So my pictures are actually going worldwide, and I think it's eight different um, languages the book's published in.
1: Wow. But Muhammad Ali was uh, quite one to get to. Wow, that's phenomenal. Yeah. That's really cool. All of that sort of in and around Atlanta, or have you traveled to, to foreign locations? <laughs> Most of
2: it's in Atlanta. A lot of stuff comes to Atlanta, so whether it be a UFC fight or, or pro tennis, which um, I shoot, um, it comes into the Atlanta area, and usually I'm there if I can get a credential for it. So.
1: Wow, pretty yeah. cool process. Pretty, pretty amazing experience that you that you can share with us today. Really appreciate it. I, I was, if there's ever two media credentials that you get, obviously I'm you your first one? phone call to be your okay. assistant for the day, and I was yeah. super jealous. I believe it was last fall with the, with the um, tennis event for, to raise funds at the Infinite Energy Arena, It's a pretty famous tennis players are going to be there.
2: You know, there was a lefty there that was pretty good, and he's now out battling the clay, and uh, Rafa Nadal was a, a great guy. Um, he and Grigor Dimitrov put on a great exhibition, and I was lucky enough to, to work with them, go behind the scenes with the locker rooms and all that kind of stuff with them, so... Uh, while I see some great tennis at GGC, it was great seeing that uh, Rafa come through Atlanta.
1: That's very cool. What's, the, what's your favorite photo that you've taken of GGC athletes?
2: Oh, boy. Um, there's been a lot. Um, people don't realize the amount of great action that is going on here in Lawrenceville. I haven't seen it. Besides tennis, the 100th win, that one has to be uh, a classic. Everyone rushing the court, water bottles flying. Um, in the softball field, it was probably uh, an AI term a few years ago. Um, and you're gonna have to remember her name uh, Cassie I think it was it Cassie Littlefield. Cassie Littlefield right so I was someone's come around third and I for some reason looked towards home base and she was cheering and jumped up and it looked like she was playing a guitar.
1: I do remember that she,
2: I don't know how high she got, but it was an amazing picture and just the excitement of the activity on the field with the fans and stuff is one that I'll always remember um, bicycle kicks on a soccer field um, you know smash tennis balls and things like that. So the action is everywhere and sometimes you get lucky enough to capture it.
1: Well um you, you know this already but we greatly appreciate the fact that you volunteer your time and your talents yeah. and the product that you make um I, I don't even know the number but it's it's a got to be in the thousands of photos that we've used from your mm-hmm. camera that's on our website that's on social yeah. media it's just remarkable and and we showed a little bit of that gratitude to you mm-hmm. back in 2017 and right. winning the service award for GDC Athletics um Banquet hall was packed out. All That's of our right. Grizzlies, all of our coaches, all of our staff members, and and we honored you with that service award. But we never gave you a chance to give an acceptance speech. Would, oh. would you Would you like to give an acceptance speech today? Yeah, you know,
2: I'm not dressed in the attire. I need my tie on and uh, to make the good speech. But you no, know, this this uh, athletics program, like I said, from day one has blessed me to come on the courts. The coaches have been more than hospitable to allow me the time on the field, the student athletes, I I just tip my hat to them because I know they're not only doing it in the classroom, doing it on the field. So whatever I take is just a small snapshot, literally, of all the great work that goes on behind the scenes, the crew here doing the work, uh, this athletic department, the students. So um, I just play a small piece and I'm glad I can volunteer to help out and share some memories, not only for the students, for you guys, um, but I still periodically get emails from parents asking for pictures from four years ago.
1: Yeah. Great segue, by the way. Log oh. on to ggcathletics.com. Almost every photo that Tom's ever taken for us, go to the Fan Zone tab. You can go to the Photoshop, and you can buy almost every single photo that Tom's ever taken. Right. He's a great uh, follow on Twitter too, at uh, T Grayson. Uh, if you're a Grizzly fan, you're following your favorite team's account and the Athletics account. Uh, we certainly endorse what Tom does too That's as good.
2: well. I appreciate that. It's uh, like I said, it's, it's a pleasure to work with you guys. You guys are great.
1: Well, the pleasure is all ours, and so I want to uh, extend this invitation to you. Okay. I may not be able to do it, but I know some people that may be able to do it. So what event, because you've been here for AI championships, mm-hmm. opening Ground championships, mm-hmm. uh, ITA regional championships, but what's what's the one event you haven't covered yet for the Grizzlies that you want to?
2: Oh, boy. Each of the team has their own event. So haven't been down to Mobile to do tennis. Okay. That is for sure. I um, haven't been down to Florida with softball to go see them uh, okay. playing the tourneys down in Florida. Okay. Um, of course, the baseball team is going to get back to Idaho. Um, I know that's coming soon. So Idaho would be a good trip. I was actually born in, on the West Coast. So Really? Uh, born in Portland, Oregon. So okay. back to the Idaho roots there. But um, each of the team um, to see them hoist host, host the trophy and stuff would be fantastic. Away from, the, away from the campus.
1: So in front of our our crew and Uh-oh. these cameras and on YouTube and our website, here's what I'm gonna offer you. All right. If I know you get a job and a family and, and a lot of, but if you can work it out with your schedule, yep. we would love for you to be our guest for any one of those tournaments you Fantastic. mentioned. So um, next spring, you know, Mobile, I would put that up there. Uh-huh. Uh, it's a phenomenal time and that a great is. tournament. I think you'd have a blast there. 57 courts, it's incredible. Right. Uh, but we want you to be our guest. You can come with us. You can travel with the team. We'll put you up. We'll take care of you. Um, whether it's uh, the World Series, baseball, or softball too, yeah. we'll, we'll let you take your pick. Good. But we, we want you to bring you on that national championship. And I'll bring
2: an up. empty memory card. and We'll go do it.
1: Might need to. We'll
2: do two. <laughs> we'll do two. That shouldn't be a we'll problem.
1: This is this is this is a, this is a, this is a production. Uh, a, a little tech talk here. What's the biggest uh, SD card you have?
2: I've got a 64 meg card, and I've got oh. probably. I don't know, four or five 32s that I carry with me. Wait,
1: what's the left? 32. 32? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I was kind of disappointed. I was expecting like a 500 gigabyte. I don't do good. the
2: video piece. So video needs oh, definitely more. Oh, that's true. That's right. us. So the video that's guys use a lot more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Fair uh, enough. I, fine, I can, the other day at the Tennis, I captured uh, 4,000 pictures at the ITA South Regional over three days. And uh, still had a, well over half a card left. Oh, man.
1: So, man you're yeah. so lucky. I, my finger cramps up <laughs> before I can fill a card. so lucky, Come man. on, there's a lot there. So lucky. Well, Tom, thank you so much for being here, taking thank time you. out of your busy schedule. Um, seriously, wherever there's an open mic, I, I know you're down there on do the it. field uh, shooting our Grizzlies, but uh, you're always welcome here on the GDN.
2: Let's do it. I appreciate it and look forward to the next doubleheader here from the ballpark. So. Well, hopefully, soon. Hopefully, hopefully soon. Hopefully soon. I'm looking forward
1: to it. Hopefully soon. Great. That'll do it for us here. We'll take a break. We'll come back with more on the Grizzly Growl show on the Grizzly Digital Network.
2: Now is a great time to reconnect with your fellow Grizzlies. Use social media to communicate and connect with former players and coaches. What are you waiting on? Now is the time.
1: A team that rarely needs a pep talk, GGC Baseball. Let's have a look at the Grizzlies' attempt at this week's name game.
3: I'm Ryan Mann, and I'm a pitcher at GGC.
4: R-H-I-A-N-M-A-N-N.
1: The name game. So I'm going to give you the name of one of your teammates and you have to correctly spell it. Are you really going to do this to me? Yep. Yeah. I'm going to give you the name of one of your teammates and you have to correctly spell his name. Oh, God. Okay. You ready? All right. The name is Ryan Mann. Spell his full name? Yep. Are you Ready? Yes. My name is Ryan Mann. R H I A N M A N N. Ryan
4: Mann. R H I A N M A N
1: N. We're going to stop there. We're going to stop there. All right, yeah, we're good. R H I A N M A N N. Ryan Mann
4: r h i a n
5: m a n n yeah good
1: the name is ryan man
5: R H I A
2: M M A N N. it's too easy <laughs>
1: How about that? GGC Baseball throws a perfect game. No mistakes in the name game. Big thanks for the Grizzlies for participating and play along here on today's show. Once again, big thanks to Tom Grayson for being on today's show. We, we love him and appreciate him. We can't wait to see him back out there during the GGC uh, Athletics event uh, next semester. And uh, be sure to follow him on Twitter at T Grayson for all wonderful Grizzly coverage through his lens and his photos. Um, also wanted to take a quick moment and not to overshadow our student athletes and our coaches for winning that NAIA Gold Star rating. But also uh, my colleagues, my peers, people I consider my true friends who work tirelessly behind the scenes here at GGC Athletics Our staff members that had a lot to do with that Gold Star rating from the NAIA office. From the top, Dr. Darren Wilson, Dr. Potter, Dr. S and her academic support. Aaron Frank, Dion Moore, Doug Court, Kyle Norton, Dale Long, and of course, James and Shower Williams for their great hands-on support of our student athletes every single day. Thank you to you guys and a congratulations is meant to you all for that accomplishment as well. Fans, don't forget the hashtag Go Grizzlies Friday. Every Friday wear your green and gray, take a selfie, put it on social media to show your support of GGC and the Athletic Department. That'll do it for us here on this week's episode of the Grizzly Grouse Show. If you didn't like this episode, tune in next week. We'll make it even better. As for me and the crew, that'll do it for us. So long from the Grizzly Digital Network.
5: Welcome to the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast with your hosts, Mike Randall and Gus Kearns.
3: Welcome and listeners to the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast. Where we're always talking everything college hoops. You could have been anywhere else on the dial, but you chose to be here with us, Mike and Gus, and we appreciate that. Uh, Mike, just want to say welcome back to the listeners. Thank you for hanging with us. We're also trying to navigate like the tough situations that are upon us right now. Mike, how are you doing over there? Are you doing okay? Are, is everything okay in Mike Randall world?
4: Yeah, we're hanging in there. We're doing okay. Got fantasy football coming up, doing a lot of that. We're putting our videos Good. out in the YouTube channel. So trying to distract from the malaise that is life, right? I mean, what's better than that? It,
3: it, it, there is a little bit of malaise and there is a lot of life. I'm with you on both of those things. All right, let's just jump right into things, Mike. What do you say? Let's do it. Let's go to Baylor gonzaga they decided that they are going to attempt to play each other's college hoop season this is exactly what every college basketball fan would love to hear from and love to like look forward to and attach to is this a realistic thing do we like the coaches taking the front end here there's a lot of different directions we can go here we're going to go with Gonzaga and Baylor two great coaches
4: both underrated in their own right Scott Drew never gets the respect he deserves and he won't until he gets to a final four or wins a title mm. something like that Mark Few one of the all-time greats has passed up on multiple fantastic jobs to stay at Gonzaga and build a powerhouse so great job by them Baylor with a bunch of players returning Gonzaga is going to have to deal with no uh, Petrusev, but all over. This is a great battle. It's two great teams playing each other. Nothing better than that. Contrast to styles, too. Gonzaga want to get up and down the floor. Baylor going to throw the zone at him with the length. going
3: to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I think it's interesting. I think if if the matchup does happen, I think the matchup is totally fascinating. And also, if you're looking at the, the, the next college basketball season, where we're looking at the top three or four teams. These are definitely the top two. And then the reason that this exists in the schedule is because of the Pac-12 taking sports off until 2021, resulting in a cutting off of the part of the conference season. And then, you know, most of the non-conference hoop season, Mike, are they trying to outsmart the Ivy league or is the Pac-12 and you know The Ivy League kind of onto something here saying we're not going to play until the new year. That's something that we need to pay attention to for college hoops. Where are you at with that?
4: The biggest mistake that our leaders have made across the board, whether you want to look at the local, national, whatever level, is they're not making decisions. The problem is they're waiting for more data, waiting for more mm. data, waiting for more data, and they're stalling. It is obvious after all the technology and all the medical devices that we have that this thing has started to slow down, but we still don't have a handle on it. And quite frankly, mm-hmm. Gus, I don't think we'll have a complete handle on it until we go through a winter season when flu is around. I don't want to get too medical here on the screen, the screen of podcast. Mike Randall is not a doctor and doesn't <laughs> play one on TV, but I think we have to go through the winter months with this here. Obviously it's gotten better. We've been able to get outside a little bit more, but it's still still possible to be transmitted across the board. So I like what they're doing. I think it's smart. I think we're going to have college basketball this year. There is no doubt in my mind it's going to happen. They're talking about now looking at pods, maybe in Orlando or Disney, similar what the NBA did. And clearly that's worked as long as you have the tests, I mean, it's worked. We haven't had a lot of players who've gotten positive tests from COVID. So it can work. But I like it. I think it's smart. And yet again, the Ivy League is the trendsetter. Smart people at that conference, right?
3: Yeah, right, and I think the some more people are there in the, in the, in the Pac-12 as well. Mike, I, I guess my follow-up question with this is, do you feel like that the Pac-12 or the Ivy League is going to lose out on any game opportunity, for lack of a better term, because other conferences are looking at a possible Thanksgiving into the holiday season, into the new year, type situation where they could get games done, maybe it be in conference or out of conference. Do you feel like that those leagues are losing out on an opportunity or do you think that maybe they just know something that maybe they're anticipating something that maybe the rest of us can't anticipate?
4: No, I, I think they're going through what the schools are going through right now, which is mm. once we get back, if schools actually attempt to play in mm. the Thanksgiving area and it goes well, then these conferences will figure a way to get games in. Once they observe that everyone else is doing very, very well, they're not going to just sit idly by and say, "Not. we made a decision. You can adjust. So just like the schools are going through this, are they opening? Are they not? The whole thing. Once you come back, if it goes well, you'll continue. And if it doesn't go well, you'll shut it down. So the Ivy League and the Pac-12 are being smart. They're like, let's watch what everybody else does. And if it goes well and they're able to be successful, then maybe we'll add games. But if it doesn't go well, we're going to look back and say we were right all along. So I think they're in observational
3: mode, which is fine. That's what I think the next question comes to is, what can hoops learn from the college football cluster F that's existing currently as fall creeps closer? Can Can college hoops gain or garner anything from what, College football has stumbled upon, and maybe put that to their advantage come the winter season.
4: Yeah, they can. Uh, you can see what went on. You can see the positive stuff. The NFL is going to happen. It's going to happen, right. and they're going to get that, tested. That's a
3: great. That's a great point. Thanks for bringing that up. Yes. they're
4: gonna. It's going to work, and there's a solution here, Gus. Like we are not at the point we were four months ago. Okay. We're better. It's, it's, it's incremental and it's gradual, but we're better. And they will learn. We will have college basketball and I'm still holding out hope that we'll have one big, huge March madness tournament to kick it all off there. That'll be exciting.
3: Is it okay if it's April? I don't care if
4: it's next. I don't care if it's October, August madness. Do it, do it outside Gus. How about that? Who
3: cares? Wait until June, do it outside. We'll watch. I don't know. I'm just saying I want to see college basketball. So if, if it's outside, we'll be there. That sounds fantastic. All right. So Mike, I think one of the things that we need to pay attention to as college basketball is trying to put together what their season is going to look like, right? This is me spitballing here, but tell me what you think of my spitball. Why can't some of these top-shelf tournaments morph into their own little bubble someplace safe? Let's just take this year's Maui-Jim Maui fields. we got Alabama, Davidson, Indiana, UNC, Providence, Stanford, Texas, and UNLV in a bubble somewhere. Doesn't that sound fun, Mike? Doesn't it seem like that would work out? And maybe, along with playing like some of the Constellation games, maybe they can sneak in one more game each, and that might be a situation. What do you feel about having some of these predetermined preseason tournaments turning into a bubble somewhere, even if it's not the location, like obviously people aren't going to go out to Hawaii, but maybe they can find a place where they can do these tournaments what do you think about that, Mike? I think it's great
4: because everyone's going virtual anyway. So Gus, if we're learning virtually, if all the student-athletes are learning virtually, why the heck do they have to be on campus? So you could literally fly a whole team out there. They're doing right. virtual lessons anyway, so they just have to have internet access. And they they uh quarantine for two weeks, and then they play the games, and they get tested every year. Uh, why not? The NBA has been massively successful in Orlando. Yes. It's gone well. No one's getting COVID. A couple guys did early on, right? You had the whole thing with... uh uh, what's his name went to the Atlanta strip club. You had uh, the <laughs> the Lou Williams. Uh, yeah, Lou Williams at the strip because of the wings. Because of the wings, right? And then you had um, you had Westbrook got it before he got there. Zion left. He had a quarantine. Whatever, it works. So you can if you're going virtual in a virtual platform, then they can go and play basketball. There's no
3: issue. So I, I think it's going to happen 100. percent. You know, it'd be really exciting if some of those, especially if some of the structures for these preseason tournaments like actually kept their structure and the teams that they were going to the matchups and people could look forward to that and the fan bases could look forward to that as well i think that would be really productive (sighs) mike I, i hope you're right i really really do hope you're right the nba draft is in is locked up we have the draft order we have who's in who's out let's take a look at who's in and who's out one of the people that took advantage of the multiple deadlines that the NCAA and the NBA had in place was Isaiah Joe. He decided to back out, but then he decided to get back in. So my question to you is, 2 prompt, is Isaiah Joe a first-round draft pick? And if he leaves, and when he does leave, is Arkansas a top 25 team minus Joe and Mason Jones? Arkansas had a great recruiting class.
4: Uh, they got Moses Moody, they got KK Robinson, Jalen Williams, Devontae Davis. Great job, Mus. But I'll tell you this, Gus. There we go. <laughs> no Cup of Joe and no Mason Jones. That's an awful it's lot be of scoring. Tough, right, right, right. Uh, Colin, my friend in action, not happy whatsoever that Cup of Joe is gone again. Do I think he's a first round? He's probably a back end first round guy, right? Uh, reeks of a 29-30. Maybe. No, maybe, maybe not. Maybe not. Um, 30, but yeah, 30, I, I, got, maybe <laughs> that, yeah, that hurts 35. Arkansas. It hurts Arkansas in one of my favorite conferences in, in college basketball. You got Tennessee, you have Kentucky, and it's going to come down to coaching, Gus. So you know my thoughts on that. But listen, I think he did a great job recruiting. Right. That hurts a little bit, only because he said he was coming back, which got us excited here, and then he's returning. I respect it; it's his call, um, but a little surprised that he changed his mind there. Figured he would stick with whatever he decided the first time.
5: The N-OLED display in the Cadillac Escalade has 38 total diagonal inches of color display. So why do we give it a curve, too? I guess you could say we like to bend the rules. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving. Regina King for Cadillac Escalade. When people ask, Regina, do you like to compete? I say, bring it on. Those are the moments that drive you to achieve more. And when you win, you keep reaching higher. To me, that's what the Cadillac Escalade represents. It's always evolving in technology, in design, everything. Because success isn't the end. It's just the first step to what comes next. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving.
3: Okay, so I, I guess the next place we'll go is because we're talking a little NBA here. First place we'll go is Nice. Isn't it nice? Isn't it nice to see guys that we followed so closely in college to find starting roles in the NBA playoffs, whether it be Jawan Morgan from Indiana for the Utah Jazz or or, or Waylon Gabriel from Kentucky in Portland? Isn't that just really cool that guys that we thought weren't going to be first-round draft picks and then they end up being playoff starters in the NBA? Isn't that – that's just a nice marriage between the college game that we love and follow so closely and the NBA, a, a league that we just adore. It's exciting for me to
4: see players that we've known who've done well that I am then in big debate on starting in my FanDuel DFS NBA <laughs> right, lineup. Right. Yes. There you go. So yeah. it's extremely excited. Uh, obviously, they protested the other day. We'll get to that probably a little bit. But, mm-hmm. uh, I was going to start Simons from Portland because he was going to start for <laughs> Damian Lillard. Uh, but yes, Jawan Morgan has done a nice job as a big for them. He did not get many minutes early on. Then all of a sudden he came in and they trust him. They trust him because he does his role. He rebounds there. He stays out of the way. He'll play weak side with Gobert. Conley's come back. That's a dangerous team. And Wenyan Gabriel's done a nice job with Portland. He can get up and down. He's a big that can fill the lane, shoot a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's great to see some of these college basketball players sticking and getting roles because we are so hypercritical, especially myself, on whether they should stay or go. But yeah, both those guys have done a nice job in the bubble. Nice job.
3: It's really cool to see those guys do a nice job in the bubble. And it's really cool to see guys that we maybe think like, oh, we're down on or they're not like you know NBA first round draft picks. And then boom, they end up being... NBA starters in the playoffs. I think it's it's beautiful justice for those players that put in four years, or about four years, in Wendy Gabriel's situation. All right, Mike. Speaking of the bubble, I mean we'll get to the, we'll get to the important stuff later. Later, but I, I think we have two, maybe three, like little bubble situations that we need to talk about because we know now it's going to continue. I think we might need to take the over. On every game that's inside the bubble, considering everybody's gonna shoot it like they're shooting in the YMCA gym. Even good defense like the Bucks just seem to stink at this point. And the shooters are just shooting. I can't even imagine what Trey Young and, and, and Steph Curry would do inside the bubble if they had the opportunity to exist. They would just go bananas. I mean, Mike, what are your like NBA bubble like just slight observations before we get to like the critical stuff or the you know social justice stuff?
4: Yeah, the over is hot, and and I'll just give you an example here, guys. Let's start on Saturday, August twenty second. That's over, over, under. So that's two and one. Then we'll turn and and we'll go to Sunday. That's over, over, over. That's three overs, three and zero. Let's go to Monday, over, over, under. That's two and one. Let's go to Tuesday, over, over. So, folks, the overs are very hot. I think the reason, Gus, is because for defense. You have to rely on your home court, the let's go guys, the screaming, the yelling. You're in a neutral court. It's very hard to get that defensive intensity. So they're hitting the overs like crazy. Bucks defense started off slow. I have an issue with coach Bud, who I know is a really great guy. Yep. Okay. I understand that coach Bud is doing something calculating here that I don't agree with. Bud is staying with the Bucks with the five-man rotation. He's Correct. rotating the five guys in and the five guys out. Yep. I get it. Maybe Giannis got tired. They blew the 2-0 lead to Toronto last year. I have no idea. But Bud, you didn't need to lose one to an Orlando team without Aaron Gordon. So I get it, and maybe they'll get through. And and but, Isaacs. Right. Yes, of course. They're decimated. Right. But I will say this. In the next round for the Bucks. I don't think you can mess around like that. I don't think Bud is going to be able to play a Miami Heat team that is well coached by Spo that has time now to prepare. You throw out that five man, five in, five out stuff and Tyler Hero and Bam are going to rip them up. So I'm, um, I'm curious with some of the, the things that are going on. We, you know, we're rooting for the Bucks. We're Bucks program here. Um, I hope they play. It looks like they're going to. But one thing I did notice scheme wise is the Heat are ready to go. Toronto's playing really well without Kawhi. Of course, we're waiting to see what's going to happen with Lowry if he's healthy. The Celtics look good even though there's no Hayward, and I'm waiting for the Bucks rotation to stop messing around here. Giannis got to hit 38 minutes, folks. This is the playoffs. If they want to win, this is what they have to do. It's no
3: layup form. They got to do that. It's just my opinion. And just to, you know, kind of reflect back upon one of the teams that you mentioned is the Raptors, and the Raptors play their starters big minutes. And I think this is where the second round of the playoffs, this is where coach Bud really needs to like maybe copycat that a little bit or at least replicate that in a smidge and say like hey I'm gonna play Giannis 38 minutes. I'm gonna play Wes 38 minutes. I'm gonna play Chris 38 minutes and and not play you know I, I, I don't want you know we, we don't want to disparage here. But, oh i do you know, go ahead yes <laughs> no i was gonna say dj wilson you know, you know yeah we're not here, right exactly you know what i'm saying so maybe that's where that change happens but also you want to like y- you want to dance with who brung you but at the same point if who brung you can't do the dance then let's keep the people and that can like move their feet and like you know cha-cha with the best of them and that's uh, and the bucks have those people so let's hope coach bud does that
4: Gus, here's the thing. In a game that Milwaukee absolutely needed, they ended up being Orlando. George Hill's got 23. Connaughton's got 21. Corver's got 19. Marvin Williams, 13. DiVincenzo 12. Ilya Sova's got se- enough. I mean, I, what I'm saying is he can't do that against the Heat and win. It's not right, going to happen. Right, right, okay? right. He needs middle to those, those
3: all need to be like 11 minutes
4: yes and middleton needs to get going and he did i think the last game he started getting hot and i may have noticed that gus because at halftime he didn't have a lot of fan duel points but he ended up getting there for 5x but anyway uh, he, he, he yes 21 for you didn't he no he got there gus but okay. it was okay. uh, i would say you know <laughs> it's about eight minutes left to it like you know okay but yeah he got going. all right
3: well i i wanted to have a fun conversation with that with you before all right so mike i guess the other question is just viewing the overall bubble, or you know, we're gonna leave the bucks out of this. You and I have looked at the college game and the pro game and have married it for the past couple of years via the NBA draft. And we've gotten a number of things right. And we've gotten a number of things wrong. I'm willing to admit I got Donovan Mitchell wrong. <laughs> I thought that. He was not going to be as impactful as he was and he has put up 57 points in a playoff game and has been more impactful after that. Do you do you want to admit what maybe we have gotten wrong on draft day? Oh,
4: I well, I got Michael Porter Jr. completely wrong. The guy is is an absolute offensive fire. He's he's a fire maker. Here's the problem: he doesn't play a lick of defense. Now, I'm not going to come out here and say that I was criticizing his defense. No, I was not. Okay, so I'm not going to say I was criticizing whether he could be as explosive as I thought. Right. The the comparison, guys, with with these two and and Gush are too hard about Mitchell. It's very hard for us to project dominance in the NBA when they didn't dominate in college. Michael so Porter Holy Jr. had a cup of coffee, and Donovan Mitchell was not don. It was not dominating at Louisville, but they have really stepped up. Mitchell's been great. I was wrong on Porter Jr. He has spring, he has bounce, he can pull up from anywhere. The problem is he cannot guard me. I could easily get to eight or nine points in a game to eleven with him. He's good, and and you know because Malone is not playing him. He's not playing a guy who can drop 30, no problem. He's playing him like 15 minutes. So that shows you how bad he is defensively. But you're right. I did not come out here and say, uh, Michael Porter Jr. can't play defense. That's why he's not a good pick. No, I said, why are we picking him? And clearly the kid can score. I mean, oh. he is lethal score.
3: He's gifted. He's, he's going to keep doing great stuff. And you know what? Thankfully, they'll continue the playoffs and we get to see the the, the matchup that is Donovan Mitchell and Devontae Murray. Right? Like, I love watching both both those guards, like, do their thing and put up 50 against each other. That's insane. And, and you know, Porter and, you know, and, and Jokic are like almost like a sideshow in the best way. And and, and the fact that they are also like all-star le- level players inside the bubble, they're, they're it's been fantastic. The NBA has done such a great job, and 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 both those coaches have done an unbelievable job of putting those players in that position. Especially uh, on the Nuggets side, Malone has done an unbelievable job making sure that he trusted Jokic enough to be fit enough to come in and do his thing. And then, okay, oh man, we're we're we don't have a ton of wings. Okay, Porter, you're in. Okay, boom, you're gonna put up thirty-seven. Okay, that's not that sounds fun. And again, both of us, I think, were wrong on him. I, I, I kind of liked him in college. I was a little off him in the draft, and uh, I, I should have bought in earlier. Um, and I was totally wrong on Donovan Mitchell. I mean, I think both – I'm just going to say I, I don't know why anybody picked him inside the lottery. And, and, and Utah, congratulations. You, you you have an absolute gem. You have an all-star. You, you, you have one of the best players in the playoffs right now. So I, 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 I'm enjoying watching both of them.
4: And that's the thing, like a, a kid like Shy Gilders Alexander, we saw flashes oh, at Kentucky. Right, right. I mean, we saw him, you know, I he was a starter in a big time program that yeah, you we're, could we're see. We were both on him. Yeah, we're both you know on him. what I mean? Like, it, that doesn't shock me. But Donovan Mitchell wasn't. He was shooting. He just wasn't making shots. You right. know, Chai gil alexander is now getting an opportunity and he's playing great. So there's a difference. Michael Porter Jr. We didn't see enough of, and the guys who saw him in high school were right. I mean, clearly I, he didn't do enough in college in his three games to make you go, wow. But he, he was really great in high school and obviously has tremendous potential, but Donovan Mitchell had a chance to show it and did not, which is why I think you're too hard on yourself, about Mitchell. All
3: right. So, uh, well, not not too hard. I, just, I think it's honest. All right, Mike, we also, uh, Luckily, had uh, the, the, the 2020 NBA draft lottery results. Um, I, I'll, I'll just read it down. You tell me what thing jumps out to you and what thing maybe might be a difference maker moving forward for the NBA season or maybe with some college player that you think might like make an impact in that particular culture or program. We have Minnesota at number one, Golden State at number two, Charlotte at number three, Chicago at number four, Cleveland Cavs at number five, Atlanta at number six, Detroit Pistons at number seven, our New York Knicks at number eight, number nine is the Washington. We have ten at Phoenix, eleven has San Antonio, twelve has Sacramento, 13 has New Orleans, which is interesting. And then 14 is Boston for Memphis. Is there anything that jumped off the page that you – when you heard and saw the draft lottery results where you're like, oh, man, I think this might be a perfect fit or this might be a great place for this player?
4: Nick's made me laugh. Uh,
3: right, I right, th- right, right, right.
4: Uh, I don't think LaMelo is going to Golden State. I know people are talking about that. Uh-huh. uh I think the foreign players are going to have a chance to shine. Avdia could go to the Knicks. There's no doubt about that. He'll, Isaac will the Knicks. I'm telling you that right now. I mean, that's my point is him yeah. and Killian Hayes. Absolutely. I, I, you know, we're doing the video on Hayes. Gus did a great job with him just producing it. Right. And Avdia could be really good. I haven't seen enough of them. Devin Vassell intrigues me. I love Akuro, but I think he's going to drop a little bit. Agreed. I still, I still love Precious Achua. I think he could be really, really good. He's going
3: to be somewhere in those first 14 picks. I'm telling you right now.
4: Yep, and a question is: Is Nesmith going to go early from Vanderbilt, even with the injury? I don't know. We both love Halliburton. We think he could be an absolute star. Yes. And the biggest one for me, I think Okongwu could go very high. I would not be shocked if Okongwu went first or second. Absolutely, would not be. I think his his floor is very safe, and I think his upside is huge. I think he could develop into a shooting forward i absolutely think he can he just hasn't had the chance he reminds me of a shy gilders alexander where we've seen enough athleticism but maybe he can grow even further and become mm. a more dangerous offensive player and of course i want to see where uh, obi goes of course
3: yeah how about how about this for um you said a congwu how about do you think there's some bam out comparisons yeah, yeah. Oh, there? Yeah.
4: yeah but better i think he can shoot i think he can step out wait wait, wait,
3: wait, wait think- you think he's better than bam
4: Oh yeah, yeah. I think Bam is a back to the basket player. He can do a little bit, but Bam's not going to pull for three. I think Okung- Okungwu can learn to
3: pull from three. I wait, do. Wait, wait, I've wait, seen. wait, wait, wait. So you you are like, I'm, I'm I'm not I'm not talking in hyperbole here. You are breaking NBA 2020 draft lottery ground here by saying you think Okungwu can be better than Bam. Yes, right now I would take Okungu first.
4: Then he's going to go in the top four, dude. I, I would. I don't know if the NBA players, coaches <laughs> will, and they know more than I do. What do I know? But I would no, take no, no. you know, first. you know,
3: you, you know as me, as much as anybody listening to this podcast. Oh, I, I think O'Connor. Like, I, so so I think that, that means
4: yes. that the Golden State Warriors need to look at him at number two. You know how we talked about. Here's the thing. Vernon Carey we debate about because the question – I don't see Vernon Carey stepping out and shooting threes. Whether Vernon, Vernon Carey's success is going to be whether he, as a back-to-the-basket big, can fit into an NBA system that does not value that type of player. That's the question. Okungwu has the skills, I think, to fit into the NBA big game right now. Definitely. He's super young and can develop. Absolutely. Yes. I take Okungwu first. Say, say, say this again you would take, I would a take him Kong first Wu. over over edwards i would yes and i'm not taking Lamilla ball i'm not so you we, know we
3: timberwolves Wanzo. should think about taking a kongwu first overall
4: i take him in a nanosecond And remember guys, i also said i take duran over odin and people laughed me off the
3: stage i'm gonna give you some props here what which point guard do you think you should they, they should take in 2000 uh 2018
4: fox griffin ball i mean come on we, we, we that, that's been we've been talking about that but that's that one was frustrating to me because, again, I think bigs can learn to shoot because we don't know if they've shot enough to get good at it. I didn't see Lonzo Ball becoming a 20-point-per-game score because he can't shoot. Correct. And he's been shooting a lot. He's been a point guard. He's been shooting. This is fascinating. And Okungwu doesn't shoot. You How do you know Okungwu can't make threes? How do you know that? Maybe he can. <laughs> Maybe, he can, but can, love that. I love this Lonzo is an ancillary point guard who's going to distribute to other players. I think Ukongwu is a building block starting stretch four.
3: I do, in my opinion. You, you, I, I, I love this podcast. <laughs> this I, I, I'm is, just telling you, this is this is awesome. Um, okay, so I love I love that you have that there. I think the one player that. I would say maybe we'll go earlier. Like you're saying, come was going to go earlier. I, I think Hillen Hayes should maybe yep. looked at a little bit earlier. And you know what I'm going to say? Because the slots for the teams have been awarded, I don't think it's crazy that the Golden State Warriors look really closely at Obi Toppin at number two. Could be. And I think it's not crazy for them to look at Obi at number two because if they're going to play Steph, Clay, and Draymond. As you know, their core three, and they're going to look for somebody that can shoot threes, be a rim runner, get an offensive rebound, and then maybe you know defend off the weak side as a, as a blocker. Ob fits that perfectly, and also it fits into their timeline. One of the things that gets like maybe unfairly unfairly gets like put on older players from the college game is like, oh well, well, they're only they're twenty-two as opposed to nineteen. Well maybe maybe the Golden State Warriors at two want a twenty-two-year-old because the rest of their core is at a place where they want to win a championship, so they want a more mature player. So maybe they'll take a closer look at a more mature player like an Obi Toppin, who's gonna to be twenty-two on draft draft time, who's had success and been the National Player of the Year, and can do number of things that will complement the players they already have on the roster. So that's the thing I was looking at when I saw Golden State was going to be awarded number two pick. Maybe they took a closer look at Obi Toppin to stretch the floor for those guys, and maybe be an awesome offensive rebounder, and maybe be a defender on the on, on the backside. Maybe not like their primary rim defender, but maybe somebody that can be, you know, impactful. Uh, when Clay or Steph or Draymond gets beat off the dribble, and Obi can come over and block them from the weak side,
4: I totally agree. I think there's a lot of variation there, and if you were going to look at it and try to predict it, I would not go chalk. I would look at what every site is doing yeah. and do something a little different.
3: Uh-huh. Uh huh. I'm with you, and I think Okongwu going one and Obi going two and, and Killian Hayes going three. I don't think that's totally. I don't think that's totally outrageous and bananas. All right, Mike. So I think the last place that we'll go to on this particular podcast is one of the, our favorite commercials and we'll date ourselves here. And we're happy to do that in this particular situation is, uh, one of your favorite pro players of all time is Charles Barkley. And one of my favorite sneakers that we played in were the, 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 Nike revolutions and the Nike revolution commercial was Barkley saying that he wasn't a role model. He didn't get played. He didn't get paid to raise our children. Has something shifted, has something gone different, has something changed from that time of that commercial to now where Charles is now sitting next to Kenny Smith that's going to walk off his set that he shares with Kenny Smith because he is so in lockstep with the players in the Milwaukee Bucks walking off of the court, not choosing to play a game and postponing it, boycotting it, whatever terminology you want to put on it. Where our players – I guess my question to you, Mike, is is that commercial outdated and are players now really the role model that we need to follow and maybe not the role model that Charles tried to distance himself from in that particular Nike commercial and maybe now LeBron, Giannis, George Hill – are those role models that we do need to follow. So where are you with where the NBA decided, and especially the Milwaukee Bucks decided, we're going to not play this game for social change?
4: What I thought was interesting is if you go back, I read a story today that Craig Hodges – pushed Magic and Michael Jordan back in 1991 because the finals was going on when the Rodney King situation happened. Great point. And he approached them and asked them to uh, protest and not play the game, and they decided that wasn't the right thing to do. I am not here to say what's right or wrong. I'm not doing that. What I'm saying is the times have changed, and I think if that game occurred now— there is a chance that they may have protested as well. I, It is critical, critical, regardless of where you fall, politically, wherever. We need to come together as a country. Mm. We need to come up with a standard set of rules and guidelines for being a human being and being civically minded. We need to realize that all people need to be treated fairly, that we need to get rid of all racism in all facets in every part of our life. And that we also need to realize that there are many police officers out there who risk their lives every single day for the safety of the country. And And those two things can, and they can come together as one, but we need to be united together as a country across all races, all religions, all sexual orientations. And I just thought it was interesting to note that that came up then but this time there was a statement made and i think unity and bringing everyone together to the table to come together and come up with some unified procedures for police officers for people who resist police officers etc that needs to happen so i think it's it's bigger than ever and i think that a lot of times michael jordan and a lot of other our, of our famous athletes get unfairly criticized for not making statements At the time, statements were not being made for whatever reason, but now they are, and we need to follow the leadership of our athletes who are actually taking the time, interest, and care to make those statements.
3: And if we pay close attention to what's happening in the NBA currently, Michael Jordan is the only African-American black minority owner of a a NBA team, and he was one of the go-betweens between the owners. And Chris Paul and the Players Association and supported what the players were thinking of and supported what the players were attempting to do and supported what Chris Paul and his organization was trying to do. And I think, Mike, exactly what you referenced so many years ago, with the Rodney King situation in L.A. and L.A. and Chicago being in the finals, and Craig Hodges bringing that up to the two major superstars inside the sport and them realizing, yes, this is important, but also we're at a different point. It's nice. It's comforting. It's interesting that the NBA player is at our point now because of the work that Jordan, Bird, Magic, Mikhail Olajuwon did back in the day we can go even deeper so they can rely on the paychecks that they have and the status that they have as NBA players as social important figures Jalen Brown, Doc Rivers, Chris Paul that they are now respected in that regard where maybe they weren't respected in that regard back when Craig Hodges asked Magic Johnson and Michael Jordan to do that very thing. Magic and Michael probably knew we don't have the same clout, and that's why Michael went in to that meeting and was the theme talker to the Players Association you know, this week and saying, we support you, here's why we support you. Because he lived through it before. And if we go back, and this is the sad thing, Mike. This is the thing that, that, that makes me a little sad, but also makes me a little hopeful. We're talking 60 years ago, 1961, where arguably the greatest basketball player of all time, Celtics, multi-champion, multi protested a game. And his teammates protested a game where they could not get access to a, a – Uh, a certain restaurant and a certain uh, hotel for the Celtics. And they protested an exhibition game in 1961. And that was the last boycott that existed inside the NBA. So the fact that we're looking at 60 years and the same thing happening and the same wrongs happening and the same similar injustices taking place, and players having to take the front of it. I, I don't know. I, don't, I I hope that at this point, 60 years later, something changes where maybe the Bucs made a difference here. And maybe the Bucks used their time to go talk to the governor of Milwaukee and the general attorney of Milwaukee and saying – like. We're not playing because we want to take the time to do and make change here. Hopefully, the change takes place, and hopefully, that's the right start of the conversation. And even if it just starts the conversation and doesn't change it immediately, it's positive as far as I can see. But the fact that it took 60 years, and you mentioned that you know, you mentioned you know, 25 years ago with with, with Magic and Michael, it, it, it just seems like the, the the longevity that has taken place here is not fair. It's just not fair, and now is the time. Now is the time to, to for, for something to take hold, take ground, and, and, and make a difference. That, that, that's all I got.
4: Yeah, and I'm glad they're playing too because I think it's going to be better for them to come back and play totally. and continue expressing
3: yes. you know the message. Yeah, and I think if they – Mike, I'm with you. I, I, I think the longer that the play they play, the longer the seven-game series go – the longer that the star players and the coaches decide to speak on this in post game conferences, as opposed to, like, why did you not guard, uh, you know, why did you not guard, uh, um, you know, Mike Conley on the pick and roll? <laughs> like, as, as long as everybody keeps the talking points it, it, it pointed in the right direction, I think it's going to make a gigantic difference. And I think because they know. The NBA playoffs is the biggest sports stage at this particular moment, and they have the biggest stars. Like Let's, let, let, let's just call it what it is, like LeBron, Giannis, uh, AD, uh, uh, The Beard, Russell Westbrook, Jalen Brown, thank goodness. They are bigger stars than anybody that's going to be in Major League Baseball or Major League Soccer or anything else they are the biggest voices that are changing this conversation so the fact that they get to talk after every single game i think that is going to be the repetitiveness of that is going to be really impactful yeah definitely yeah all right listeners li- thank you we we aimed on this being a, a kind of a short podcast and mike and i had actually uh, uh, Attempted to say like hey let's let's Try to package a couple shorter podcasts For the listeners out there um, But we felt like this might have been Something important to talk about We hope that you talk about it With your families just like I've talked about With my families um, My two daughters One is the baller one is the social activist When we turned on NBA basketball the other night The one daughter asked why aren't they playing The other daughter asked I know why they're not playing How come? And it was a really unbelievable parental moment for me. And I hope that we hope, Mike and I hope that you guys out there and girls and moms and dads and parents and and cousins and uncles and, and aunts, we hope that you guys have similar conversations with your families about what can be righted and what we can do in our small days that can help you know, solve the puzzle for lack of a better term. And it's been a really meaningful conversation for me at home. Personally, Mike, I don't know about you, but I know that, um, my baller daughter, just kind of didn't understand why we weren't playing. And my older daughter understood why we weren't playing. And it was an unbelievable conversation between the three of us about why, uh, things weren't being taken, you know, weren't taking place in the court. And it was, I, so I hope that the listeners out there, I hope that you're doing the exact same thing with your families. Uh, you know, whether it be your direct families or your, um, families that you share time with, uh, that, that's all, that's all we can hope for.
4: I think it's important to have these conversations with your kids and their parents. You are the first role model for your kids. So nobody's more important than you. And
3: and if they ask a question, you're the first one who should sit down and talk to them. Yeah. So hopefully, listeners, hopefully we help you answer a couple of those questions about why things are the way they are. And maybe you'll be a little bit more informed, maybe just not on like, you know, what Mike and I think about the NBA draft, but also about, you know, why they're playing basketball or why they're not playing basketball. So thank you for listening in. We totally appreciate it. And uh, obviously, by the tones of our voices, you can hear that that's really close to our hearts. And, and we both thought about it and have discussed it with our own families ourselves um listeners thank you thank you so much for tuning in thank you so much for listening in we hope that we're helping you keep you company on uh uh, maybe a, a mundane day that is a little bit boring and we're giving you a little bit something to think about and something to talk about with your family. That's all we can hope of for and uh, we'll talk to you before you know it and uh, we can't wait to talk some more college basketball and maybe some more, uh, you know, NBA lottery and draft situation with everybody and we'll hope, hopefully get on a couple good guests. What do you think, Mike? Sounds good, man. I can't wait. All right, cool. Listeners, thank you. Salancha, Gachulatsia. All right, please stay safe and uh, do what you can. And, and good luck with the start of school, everybody. We hope everybody – we're rooting for everybody to have a successful start of school out there. Cheers.
5: The in-dash OLED display in the Cadillac Escalade has 38 total diagonal inches of color display. So why do we give it a curve, too? I guess you could say we like to bend the rules. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving.
0: Oh, hey there, Trailblazer. Looking for the path to an exciting career in tech? Not sure where to start? Head over to trailhead.com. Trailhead is the free, fun, online learning platform from Salesforce that empowers anyone to learn new skills for the new normal. It's like a real wilderness adventure, but with lots more fun, way more learning, and way fewer mosquitoes. Tap now to start your learning journey, or head over to trailhead.com start here. Happy trails!